Welcome to Relationship. I'm Stacy, And I'm Oha. Welcome. Well, hi, Oha. Um, how are you? I'm doing really good. I woke up this morning. I worked out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I What'd went up and down stairs at Spots Park in okay. Houston. It was beautiful outside. And I went with a co-worker, Heather, uh-huh. who looks like so good. She's uh, awesome. Is she like a real trainer? She's a real trainer. She's a recruiter usually, but she's... Um, She's been a, a physical trainer for, I think, f- five or six years. She's really funny. How many times did you walk up and down those stairs? I don't know. Did I she think make you run up and down them? She At first, I was running, and then I could <laughs> no longer sustain that yeah, pace. I so I started walking, and then slowly but surely, more like crawling up the stairs. Oh, with your hands? That's one, Yeah, at one point, the last two, I did it with my hands. What did you wear? Uh, I just had like black tights and a giant T-shirt on. Yeah. It was sweaty. I think the tighter your workout clothes, the better. I can't wear like loose things anymore when I work out. It makes me feel like I'm suffocating. I'm sorry, Stacey. But I haven't worked out in three weeks. Gotta do it. I hadn't worked out in like three months before this. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. What else did you do? Uh, then I woke up and then. You woke up after you worked out? Yeah. Because I went and took a It was a all a dream? Nap. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, I like woke up after a nap after I went back home um, and then. I took a shower and then I came over here. Well, I said that's not true. I'm sorry. My day is boring. I wish I had like encountered some magical human being. Yeah, you didn't do anything that Mm -mm, fun. I mean, working out to me would be fun outside. I tried to get you to invite me last night through text because I was like, where are you going? I said spots. Yeah, but then you're like, goodbye. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) You didn't want me to go. Um, That's okay. I just dog set. That's not fun. It's the Montrose occupation. Well, yeah, that's it's not my occupation, yeah. though, but I just did it for a friend. Okay. It's just my way to have dogs. <laughs> right. I don't want I don't want a dog. I don't want a dog either. Too much responsibility. But you get to like play with them for a couple of days. That's great. I like <sighs> that. I had a dog named maybe for a little while and then she died. That's yeah. I saw our friend's dog's name, too. Did yeah. you make that up? No. Hmm. No. OK. Feels like maybe you did. I didn't make it up. Um, okay. Well, Maybe I good. did make it up. What if? What would happen if I made it up? It would be nothing would happen. It would just be maybe uh, obsessive uh, projecting of what you want to be in that girl's oh, life. That's more. interesting. You think you want to no. like make a home with her? No, I don't want to make a home with her. But I really did have a dog named Baby. Yeah, I did not. I used to have a dog named Augie. But I don't like dogs like that much. Like, have I'll you say ever? It. Have you ever Animals. had to like? <sighs> This is a famous thing that happens in like lesbian relationships of my friends where like they get an animal together and uh-huh. then when they break up, they have to fi- they have to like King Solomon it where like they're going to cut that animal in half or Ooh. one of them gets to keep it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that happens in straight relationships, too. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I just in my experience, you guys can't have the last everything. three or four uh-huh. mm-hmm, have been my lesbian friends. They get an animal. And they then when they break up, it's like a big deal. Yeah. And then somebody keeps it and then they give it away. Yeah. They and never other people it. are like, oh, I got left with two extra cats because my girlfriend didn't want them. Oh, yeah. That happened to one of them, too. I know those people, too. That's ridiculous. Um, I would never get a cat and then get, leave it with my boyfriend. No, nope, that's ridiculous. You want to talk about that? 
the fact that I have a boyfriend now. <gasps> you have a boyfriend now. That's well, I right. I told you that earlier. Yeah, you yeah. did tell me. You did tell me that. Congratulations. Dr- <laughs> Thank you. I you feel got very lucky. One. Um, I just don't know, like the um, the point where it goes from like we were dating. We were like, hey, we're exclusive. We're dating. But we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. We made that a point to say. We are not we're boyfriend not and girlfriend. Boyfriend. But this is all in a span of like three weeks. They're three or four weeks. Well, this is the second time we've dated though. Oh, so like right, right, right. this feels not just three weeks. We've like come back to it. So it feels like it's been going on since November. I see. Even though it wasn't. I get you. Totally. Um, yeah, but then like he says last night, drunkenly. Okay. So I was like, you gotta bring this up sober. Like, yeah, you gotta bring it up sober. You can't talk about that shit drunk yeah. and, and then, then have it stick. But what changes? I don't know. I mean, the I, I think that the only thing that fully changes is, well, there's a switch in your brain, I think, that's like, oh, boyfriend and girlfriendship could lead to some sort of marriage or serious situation. Ugh. I know. Gross, right? But the idea maybe, too, is just like a we're exclusive and I really care about you. Um, yeah. I mean, other than that, I don't really see a big, huge difference because you guys were kind of already deciding to be exclusive beforehand. Yeah. I just think now I get to like... Like, dress him <laughs> and change him. You're like, don't you think he'd look better without so many ochre colors? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've already, he already was like, don't buy me clothes. And I'm like, I've already, like, filled up a shopping cart for you online. My best friend, James, gets clothes from his mom all the time. His mom just buys him his stuff. His mom. His mom buys him stuff, yeah. Oh. And he doesn't ask for it. She, she just buys him stuff. Uh-huh. So I think it's like a mom thing to want your, like, little boy to, like, look cute. You well, know? I'm not this guy's mom. I'm his I girlfriend. I'm making a comparison. Well, I do. But I don't want to be, like, a mommy. <laughs> And try to change. Okay, I think the point that I've made is if you buy clothes, then I'm like his mom. It's a little bit like a mom thing. Oh, yeah. Oh God, I hate it. I I have a friend who was cute, really cute before, and then he started dating this girl, and I mean she worked her magic, and now he he's got like a banging. Oh fuck yeah, he's my most handsome friend. Like dresses so smart, uh, like the best taste in clothes, hair, and she fucking created that. She did that happen. Mm -hmm. And now he gets it. Does he like get it now? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. He cares about things now because he was his eyes were open. They're not together anymore. So now she had to build that up and then let it into the world. Mm. It's like an investment account Mm -hmm. that then you just get defrauded on. That's what boyfriend and girlfriendship is. You're just putting money into this like love banking account so Mm -hmm. that when somebody wants to break up first, they just withdraw all that cash and they just go to Timbuktu and have a great two week vacation. That's sad. Okay. Okay. Well, um, you want to introduce our guest? I would love to. Um, We are so excited to have a 30 year amazing veteran from the Houston comic scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can see him and shows all around Houston. He is an amazing guy. Please uh, welcome Andy Huggins. Yeah. Uh, We're so excited to have you here. Thank you, ladies. And let me real quickly say I, I got a cold. So if I feel a coughing fit, coming on i'll try and get away from the microphone but that's entirely in play i have done that so many times really already. just like right into just the, like, uh, yeah. not right into oh, it okay. it wasn't just like <clears throat> onto well, it well that's a good thing about coughs you can feel them coming so i may uh but other than that happy to be here ladies oh good we congratulations on the new boyfriend thank you i feel like he should be congratulated like i don't know if he feels that way but i do feel lucky you're yeah, right i feel yeah. lucky you're how long have badass. y'all been dating well, so this time we've only been dating a month now. Okay. Yeah. So you knew him from 
before. Four. Yeah, oh, okay. he's in comedy too. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Stand up or improv or just like comedy. I don't know what to call it. He just does. I think things. that's a wise ass. <laughs> he's a wise ass. <laughs> yeah, he's a wise ass at work. Just a wise ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah, is. Yeah, 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 he's like yeah. the funny guy in his office. Oh, so. okay, very good. That's well, what that's, he calls comedy. Okay, that's kind of comedy. That's probably not true. I bet he doesn't even speak to his coworkers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you date? Have you ever dated in the community? No, um, not another comic waitresses. Uh-huh. Which, at uh huh. Which comedy clubs and, and at comedy clubs, you know what? Waitresses are just so much a part of the. Mm-hmm. It's not a the, dating is inevitable, and they hang out, and we hang out, and so waitresses never another comic. I had I thought I, I was in love with another comic one time, but uh, that didn't uh, even progress to dating. Was that here in Houston? No, that was out in Los Angeles. Mm. Did she know you were in love with her? At one point, she did. At one point, I told her, but it just wasn't going to happen. Uh-huh. One of many uh, ill-considered choices I've made uh, in, in 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 that area. But yeah, we're still friends. She's uh, we we talk all the time. We got you know that was a little awkward uh-huh. moment, but we both. Uh, you got to get it. Yeah, we yeah, all. You, I know, think you know, you, you, you I've get been over rejected. It. Have you yeah. been rejected, Stacy? Yeah. No, never. Wait, yeah, I mean, like, I have. Yeah, I guess like that you liked somebody, and then maybe you never even expressed it, but they didn't like you back. Yeah. I mean, I had a crush on Chase Deruso when I first met him, and we went on one date, and he farted, and I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm over it." Yeah, done do with it. you, boo. I can't tell you how many relationships I ruined by by farting by all over farting. the place. Farting. Wait, is that true? No. Have you, uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I, I shit like once, I but I never farted. Wait, tell me, <laughs> when did you shit? I never did that either. Oh my God, I'm going to believe everything you said. Have you ever shit your pants in public? No. Okay, that's good. I have not I, I did. I got a funny... One time, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Back when I was drinking, I with my good friend Fred Greenlee, who um, was a terrific comic. He's mm-hmm. no longer doing comedy. We're at the last stop, which used to be on uh, 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 well, West Gray. Oh, West Gray. It moved to Wabit at the time. It's on West Gray. And so after shows, we would go over to uh, Beer Peretti's, which used to be across the street there. Well, Fred meets a lady at the show. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. He's chatting up the lady at the bar. I'm drinking. I'm drinking. At one point, um, I pass out pretty much. I just got my head down on my hands <laughs> on the bar. But I've done that before at Beer Peretti's. Everybody's cool. So they're talking and talking, and Fred and the lady get to the point to where they're going to uh, decide whose car they're going to take to where. At which point, Fred's about to settle the uh, question when I raise my hand up and I look right at the lady and I say, excuse me, miss, but I think I just shit. And then I flop back down on the bar. The lady gathered up her uh, belongings and just left. And Fred looked at me and said, what the hell was that all about? I said, Fred, if I don't get laid, nobody gets laid. Oh, you're yeah, like yeah. brazen. Yeah, you're yeah, burning yeah, the yeah. whole damn house yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. God, that was a cock block. That oh, yeah. A, yeah. Hall of Fame. That Hall of Fame cock block. Hall of Fame cock block. Excuse me, but I think. Did you ever, are you like a, are you a famous cock blocker amongst your no. friends? Because that seems no. like a. <laughs> no, For, this is, uh, um, I, 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 I don't even know where it started, but, uh, the phrase, I think I just shit, we used to just say randomly in public all the oh. time to amuse ourselves. And so I just chose that moment 
to say it. Uh, to, to pull it back. To yeah. put a little bow yeah, yeah, on yeah, this yeah. like joke I'm sure Fred had heard, heard me say that in, uh, in other circumstances. So, But <laughs> no, as a rule, I, I want So to do you one. still say that to people? No, I used to do that story in the act, but no, I haven't said that mm-hmm. in... Uh, I haven't couple said seconds. That. I well, think, since, since I've been sober, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I want to come up to you. Like, in all, with all your comic friends, be like, Andy, I think I just shit. Yeah. And just watch them look at me like, what the yeah. fuck what is the wrong with you? What the wrong? Yeah. And Andy just goes, oh, Well, okay. we need to bring that phrase back. Yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah, it's been dead for about 30 years. Yeah. We need to bring I it like back. I like the idea that it's like, I just shit. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. it just happened. And that she I'm needs letting to, you know. know. And she needs to know. <laughs> your friends need to know uh, about this as well. Excuse me. It was nice talking to you, Fred. I think I have to. Mm-hmm. You fucking idiot. But nowadays with technology, they'd be like, put his ass in an Uber. We're yeah, going to yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. He still would have gotten laid. Yeah. He still would have gotten laid. Um, Andy, can we take it back? I want to know, like, what year did you start doing comedy? 1977, late 1977. In Los Angeles. Actually, what I did, and there were no comedy clubs anywhere but in L.A. or New York at mm-hmm. the time. 1977, I knew I wanted to do stand-up. So I did a couple of uh, shows just absolutely dreadful at a coffee uh, house in Charlottesville, Virginia, where I was living. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know what I was thinking. I've been blessed, protected every step of the way uh, from just stupid, illogical decisions. But with no experience at all and knowing nobody out there and not having that much money, I just went to Los Angeles. I didn't know anybody. You just showed up. I just showed up and I went by... um, and I didn't have that much. God, it's just, I get the shakes when I think about uh, what a stupid decision it was. Made no, well, at any rate, so I, when I first got out there, I went by the comedy store uh, open mic night on Monday. And somehow I lucked into a fairly good spot, had a fairly good set. And they asked me to come back the next week. Uh, okay, that's that's probably good. What I did know was that and coming back the next week, they were going to put me on a block of uh, comics that were going to be showcasing for Mitchie Shore, the owner. Oh. So I didn't know that. Like I just, one week off the bat, you got yeah, an amazing yeah, opportunity, yeah. basically. And so I went up there and did, I didn't know that's what I was doing, but uh, 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 I had another good set. Mm-hmm. Mitzi thought I was okay, and so she made me a regular, and I started in, getting infrequent spots at either the Sunset location or the Westwood. Mm-hmm. Was she cool? She's interesting. She's kind of cool, but she's kind of crazy too. Well, to me, yeah, I mean, it was you talking about being a a, a, a a female comedy club owner, mm-hmm. a powerful female comedy club owner, and I mean the only female in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. She wasn't taken seriously. She had to fight mm-hmm. for everything, and the comedy store was the place for a while. It, it, it isn't anymore. But it was the spot for a while. Uh, so, yeah, she's, you have to admire her an awful lot. She's uh, very ill now. I think just everything imaginable is falling apart on her. But she's still still with us. But, yeah. She still she's kind of cool. Place. She's kind of cool, I guess, at one yeah. point. Yeah, she's all right. She still own it? Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't run it anymore. She's uh, out of it entirely. Does her son run it? Paulie was running it for a while, and he may still be in charge. I think uh-huh. at one point he took a, There's another brother, Peter, and what is the daughter's name? I can't remember the daughter's name. But at, I think at varying, various times, each of them have... Have had their hand on yeah. it. Yeah. And w- if I had to bet money, I would say Paulie still... 
running the running thing. Yeah. It. If so I had to bet money. Question. Like, I just, I imagine it like a, kind of like a movie. So you're going into sort of an untested waters here. You're going to Los Angeles. You're from Virginia. What inspired you to make that move? Mm -hmm. You decided, okay, I'm going to do it. But there's a big difference between taking a risk like that and a lot of people who will never take a risk like that. What do you think was your, was the catalyst if there was one? I can't, two, two factors. One, this was, I'm 27 at the time. I had plunked out of college a couple of times. I, I had drunk myself out a couple of jobs. I had no career, no skills, but I knew I wanted to be a stand-up comic. I'd read a great book called The Last Laugh, if anybody wants to know about mm-hmm. uh, stand-up comedy in the United States from post-World War II. But I read that, and I thought, these, these, that's where I belong. I need to be a stand-up comic, and I'd always loved comedy. So it was the fact that that's what I desperately wanted to do, and the fact that I desperately had nothing else literally nothing else so i mean it was the roll of the dice but what else i i mean i don't know what would have happened if i hadn't done that so you just had to and i'm pretty good at talking myself into bullshit and i may have told myself that it was going to be a little easier than i had any reason to suspect uh well uh, showing up with no money i mean that's like some confidence in yourself yeah i i probably exaggerated how far and i can't remember the amount i had but it in retrospect it was probably not uh, enough it was not enough it was not enough by thursday i think uh, <laughs> yeah that sounds yeah, right in yeah, los angeles yeah so, so what was your life like when you were there were, who were, where were you living like what was what was I your bounced, daily routine i bounced around to a couple of places i at one point i had a day job with uh, some people that um supplied furniture to 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 uh condos you know and they mm-hmm. set up the showcase rooms or something i worked in the warehouse for a while mm-hmm. um a bunch of other bullshit you know that sounds you, like you, me a bunch comics, of i never got in this but uh a uh, uh, cold calling uh for different uh products a lot of comics uh, mm-hmm. did that for some reason i never uh like kind of benign sales jobs yeah, where you could just talk yeah. to people and like um but uh so yeah, my my my, uh, my life centered around my evenings when I would get to whatever either the Westwood Club or the Sunset Club, and if I wasn't performing, and I I would get a lot of spots, then I wouldn't get any. Then I get a lot of spots, and I wouldn't get any, which was making me crazy. Makes everybody crazy. Uh, little bit of advice: never put all your faith or trust in like one person, mm-hmm. Mitzi Shore or Bud Freeman or whoever. To, you really need to have a a couple of backup plans so that if you if Mitzi's angry at you that week you, you're not frozen out but I put all my eggs in the Mitzi shore basket and you know if she was just I don't ever think that she, she like would get mad at me or anything but she just would ignore but she did that to so many comics and it mm-hmm. drove us all crazy so much power yeah yeah and she was aware of it and she yeah. you know probably did a little bit of jerking around because she knew it made people crazy <laughs> but what eventually happened was while I was out in Los Angeles, I met several guys from Houston, Bill Hicks, Riley Barber, Jimmy Pineapple, um, and they one by one moved back to Houston because for the reasons I just talked about, it was just too frustrating. Well, they came, gave me a call uh, September of 81 <coughs> saying uh, there's so much more stage time. And that's what we were all about. We just wanted to get up on stage and, mm-hmm. and learn how to be a good comic. He said, they said, so much, you need to move to Houston. Well, I think I'm packing while I'm on the phone to him. 
<laughs> I went out to Houston in September of 81, and except for a brief uh, trip, not a brief, about a three-year, two-and-a-half, three-year trip back to L.A. in the early 90s, I've been in Houston ever since from 81. And uh, there actually did just stage time all over the place in Houston. Mm-hmm. In there 80. still is. Yeah. Well, here's what we had in the mid-80s. We had, we had full-time comedy clubs. We had the Laugh Stop. We had the Workshop. We had two Spellbinders. We had the Good Humor Bar. We had the Joke Joint. Wow. Uh, and these are clubs that, and it, um, the Comedy West for a while. And uh, But these were all full-time. These weren't one-nighters at, uh, at, at bars, which serve a purpose. Um, these were full-time clubs, and you weren't going to, uh, you weren't going to get rich, but you could pay your bills. Mm-hmm. Money was a little better back then, and stage time was all over the place so it was absolutely the right thing to do absolutely the right thing to do and i understand it's only gotten worse in los angeles uh, as far as stage time for newcomers oh really yeah oh i would imagine yeah i I mean but i'm told most of the shows are in front of other comics and uh, you know very rarely a real audience and there are a lot of them but it's just just sounds disheartening so being here in the 80s like I mean I think just being around Bill Hicks and things like that like people that we still talk about today what was it like were was the audience like receptive if all of these places are there it sounds like people in Houston loved comedy they did indeed I'm told at its peak and this was probably a little after I got here but the comedy workshop which was at uh, San Felipe and mm-hmm. Shepherd mm-hmm. it's a liquor now or liquor store yeah. yeah Richards or Speck I forget why did not entirely inappropriate um sat maybe 90 it was a wonderful room sat maybe 90 on weeknights not weekends on weeknights there would be a line to get in just waiting for people to leave the room would be full and people would be standing in line waiting for somebody to leave so they can go in wow. and you know they'd run comedy so yeah for a while people love comedy um and they still do love comedy but for a while it was just real hot live like that mm-hmm. so again you know the 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 last stop um was a wonderful room. Mm-hmm. Good humor bar was uh, uh, the joke joint. It did comedy showcase, which is now the joke joint comedy mm-hmm. showcase uh, down in Pasadena. That's a terrific room. So yeah, for I don't know about five six years, it was all right. Were you guys just like rock stars back then? Kinda. Yeah. Oh, I love Kinda. that. I, I mean, you know, I don't want to pump it up too. No, bad. that's yeah. awesome. No, I want to know I, everything. I mean, you know, here's a, a, an ugly. I, I, People just wanted to hang out with us. Uh-huh. People just wanted to hang out with us. I had the unfortunate cocaine habit for about a year, year and a half. Never had to buy it. Never of course. Had to, no, never. People would, rock stars never, never had to pay people, for their people own People would bring it. Never had to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people just, you know, inviting, you know, us to private parties in, in, in River Oaks and just because, hey, he's, a, he's the uh-huh. comic. Yeah. Beer Paredes. Yeah. Uh, which they had the one still in downtown, mm-hmm. but uh, Beer Peretti's uh, uh, Michael Michael Horan, he loved us. Mm-hmm. He loved us. We'd come in. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> We'd come in, and there was probably never a group more opposite, you know, than from his usual mm-hmm. Beer Peretti's crowd than a bunch of loud comics. But he thought it was great, and he'd buy us drinks and send us foods. He gave Jimmy and Bill. Uh, Beer Peretti's credit card. 
Oh my gosh. Which That's amazing. The bill, there's a great picture. I, I think it's up on I may have it on my Facebook page. I'll try. The, they ran the bill up so big that they had to do a show in order to pay it off. And there's a great picture of Bill and Jimmy and Haran with the uh, the printout oh my of gosh. the bill. That, a uh, big, big beer oh, That's bill. awesome. Oh, yeah. They they just. So, yeah. They, we, we, uh, you know, to, I don't, I don't want to overstate it, but, uh, yeah. It sounds they like it's like, fucking heyday. Yeah, yeah, it was. Actually, it was. And, you know, I think the scene is pretty good now. And the, 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 the scene that came in between. You know, do you know Rob Mungle and Mike mm-hmm. McRae mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. John Wesling? That group, that's kind of in between the workshop and what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Those guys were great, still mm-hmm. great. So yeah. it's always been real strong. But that was that was a little uh, out of control, mm-hmm. the it workshop days. It seems to me like you would be like a girl's worst and most amazing, like a nightmare and a dream for a girl at that point. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, my God, this like super funny comedian uh-huh. guy who's got a drinking problem and a cooking problem and mm-hmm. hangs out with his buddies a lot. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. And gets invited to, to awesome hey, things. Got a, a yeah. party over at, uh, you know, so-and-so's. Uh, you want to come on? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and. We were, generally speaking, I'm probably slandering a few of my friends, but not the most responsible mm-hmm. boyfriend dates. Material, I, I can I, see no, that. I just, now, I would say, I'll say this, for most of the guys weren't, uh, weren't deceptive about it. I mean, yeah. it, 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 nobody tried to put up a front that I'm going to be, uh, you know, the, the best boyfriend you ever had, this, that, and the other, didn't sneak around, no, they... This is the way the ball game's played. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You what were c- interactions like back then? I mean, they could be very similar. I'm not sure, like, um, approaching a woman or, or a woman approaching you. What was that generally like? Because right now it's kind of like a, a, like a meat fest all over the place. People are just going at each other. And, you know, I'm just wondering, like, were there any rules of engagement back then that you feel are different? I'm not being facetious. It involved a drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You bought her a drink. She bought you a drink. Mm-hmm. And then you took it from there. I don't, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, it was a lot of dating, a lot of sex, a lot of, you know, some romance. I don't. I, I wouldn't think of it as a meat fest. I. I, I don't. I mean, think, now back then, oh, it, I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, you know, I'm guessing there are probably a few waitresses and more than a few other women that would tell you it was uh-huh. horrid, and is that Huggins and throw a punch in my direction? I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, you know, it. I don't think of it. I mean, it, it, like I said, we were all pretty up. In fact, I, I'll say this emphatically and definitely. We were all pretty upfront about mm-hmm. who we were and what the lifestyle was. And, you know, you want to you wanna hang out, fine. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to hang out, fine. If you want to hang out but you want me to behave this way, that's not happening. It's not going to happen. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think that we were so in love with being comics and with the lifestyle and with each other that we weren't going to uh, shift gears for, for romance, not I- even for sex. I, I could totally, that's, I think that's badass. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you, and there are guys, that, you know, uh, heterosexual in the extreme, they'll, uh, <laughs> you know, they'll be sitting at a, a bar with a lovely young lady uh, with some potential, but the guys are headed up. I'm with the guys. Uh-huh. See you later, buddy. Yeah, yeah I'm with so, the guys. I'm, we're, it was that, uh, it was that joyous, that important, uh, that much fun as i mentioned earlier uh i swear to god nobody laughed more than i did during those five six mm-hmm. years nobody laughed more than i did uh 
all those guys are just were so funny so funny and we were all it was always not too many we had guys still very serious political people serious political mm -hmm. thinking very rarely wandered in that direction those those were more private conversations when if there were more than four of us together it's fun it is fun. Yeah, we had fun. There's something about friends and like choosing that over well, that is good. You know, you share. There's something about a shared passion mm -hmm. too. It's not like you were, you, you know, you're all in the same homeroom because and and you're gonna hang out or mm -hmm. or no, all of us, everybody back then, and this is a, a not an insignificant uh, difference. I don't think every back because comedy hadn't taken off big time yet. Uh, everybody back then wanted to be a good stand-up comic and everybody back then wanted the approval of the other good stand-up comics and it really wasn't about being famous it really we didn't have thank god because it would have fucked things up royally we did not have a social network yeah. where people would be you know concerned with their 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 vines and their instagrams and their little eight minute sketches and this that and the other no it was all about what took place on stage and there was no self-promotion didn't exist, really. I mean, we didn't have, again, the social network to post uh, those god-awful flyers that... Uh, that uh, <laughs> you hate those? Most of them. Most of them are just so... I've had... I had my sister. I had Zaid do one when I uh -huh. recorded... Uh, oh, my that's, that yeah. was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the two instructions I gave Zaid and the one I gave my sister Caroline was, I don't want it cluttered. I mm -hmm. don't want it cluttered. I, in fact, I told Caroline for this one show I did at the Improv. You don't even you don't put our pictures on there. Just list our name. So, but all the flyers garish, cluttered. Yeah. I mean, you you, you spend three minutes. I I was on a show last night, and I'm looking at the flyer, trying to figure out what the fucking time the show was, and you can't <laughs> just you looking can't for it on there. Find it. So we, but we didn't have that, and we probably would have. I mean, it's not like we were some sort of. Uh, aesthetic genius i mean we would have fallen prey to it mm -hmm. if it had been around we'd have been just as bad mm -hmm. just as silly as people are today so we were lucky we were spared that it was all about time on stage and we uh we so wanted to uh, not just get laughs from the audience but we wanted respect from our comics and you got it and it's it, it a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing how do you feel like, because you have seen everything in Houston, you've seen it for so many years, and you're still in it, you're still doing it. Are you one of the only ones left doing it in Houston from that crowd? Probably um, from that crowd. Tishon Shannon just moved back. Tishon spent seven years writing for Saturday Night Live. He's written for wow. The Tonight Show. He's, he's basically been a writer for most of the last 20 years, but he's an excellent stand-up. We did a show together not too long ago. Hopefully, teach, and he just moved back to Sugarland. He'd been living in Los Angeles. He moved back to uh, Sugarland. Um, hopefully, Tishon will get to be doing more stand-up because he's very good and very funny. Other than that, no, I, I think I'm, yeah, yeah. in Houston, I'm, I'm it. What do you think is the different? You said you still really like the scene. So, like, how has it changed and how is it better? And how is it like, what's that like? You've seen every single from the 80s to now. Um, I don't know. And I think there, it's good because there are a lot of good comics, good young comics 
which is everybody but me, uh, <laughs> uh, that for them, the comedy matters. So there's that, and that's good. But there are awful lot of comics, a lot of people. We need to come up with a word. I need to come up with a word to describe people who work at stand-up, but I don't consider did that kind of in between. They think they can uh, promote themselves into a career. Uh-huh. You know what? You can up to a point. Uh, well, now, there's more of those people that that are in it just to be famous, just to to for the selfies. Uh, uh, yeah. And so there are more of them. Open mic nights. I mean, like at Rudyard's, Dusty has to cut the list off at uh, 40, 45, something like that. And there are a lot of people that don't get on that list. I was trying to remember. I talked to, to my friend Jimmy, trying to remember. The, the workshop had an open mic. On Sundays, I think, maybe Monday. Nowhere near that many. Nowhere, and comedy was hot, but there just wasn't that. But now I think I think there are an awful lot of people who uh, believe they can uh, they can social network themselves into a career, and at the same time, kid themselves into thinking they have a career because you know they do. They just you know post shot after shot of them standing on a, a stage and, and, and meeting somebody afterwards, mm-hmm. and it's, it's bullshit. But, uh, so that's gotten worse. That, that doesn't help. That's just as put. Those are people that are just in the fucking way, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that stage time you're taking up from uh, that belongs to other people. So that's worse. Stage time is, uh, like I was telling, we don't have nearly the club. Quality stage time is down, too. I feel that. I am... Um I'll tell you a little bit about me doing stand-up because I might be one of those people uh, taking up space, but I have Well, you a, do a real good job at Rogers. I've seen you two or three times at Rogers. I don't know where else you perform, but you do real well there, don't you? Yeah, I do pretty well. Yeah. I think my my main issue is that I, I love comedy and I love comedy in other iterations as well. Like I love writing and uh, doing improv and doing like sketch comedy. So yeah. just kind of a different variety of it. Yeah. And stand-up by far is the most challenging one yeah. of those. And it's also the one that makes me the most nervous and that stresses yeah. me out the most and yeah. I think it's uh I think it's what you're talking about it's the it's the notion of like well, what am I gaining when I go on stage and tell these stories over and over again and perfect this little yeah. bit of information yeah. um and I enjoy it but I feel like I don't have the the uh, I don't know like challenging myself on stage is really hard like yeah. doing it I just I you can ask Stacy and I we've probably talked about this before whereas like before I go up on stage and do stand up I just gag for an hour nervous gag for to two, like an hour to two hours before I go on stage whether it's a it's a very small actual show or it's like an open mic I just is, I'm like crazy nervous like nothing else in my life makes me feel that I was that way, and I and I used to get so I was that way. I didn't gag for an hour, but I was just. I remember when I first started out, and 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 I would pray, I would pray for some disaster to to strike because I <laughs> my attitude. I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to do it. I'm not a quitter, so, but I want to go do it. Yeah, yeah, but I need I need God to step in, <laughs> so that way I don't have to do it, and it's not on me. So I used it used so now obviously and happily I've. Uh, I've gotten over that, but you know what? I still get anxious, and I don't differentiate between open mic at Rudyard's or opening for Dick Gregory at the Improv. Yeah. It's it's an audience that I'm going up and tell. And I actually I think that's a fairly reasonable 
attitude. I mean, you can take it to extremes, but you know, you're going up in front of a group of strangers who don't know who you are for the most part, uh, with the presumption that you're going to make them laugh. Anybody in their right mind ought to be anxious about that. So yeah, I think that's a perfectly, uh, you may want to, cut the gagging time down to maybe yeah. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. The, more, the more you do it, the less you'll gag, I yeah. think. I yeah. think. It's, oh, of course. It's of definitely course. like an, uh, an, like an exposure therapy thing where uh-huh. like you just desensitize yourself yeah. to the, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I don't mind bombing. I don't think I deserve to do, you know what I mean? I don't deserve laughs if I haven't like worked hard on it and like well, acknowledged what portions yeah, yeah. of it. That's a great attitude. Yeah. I don't, nec- I don't feel like I deserve anything. I just, um, you know, if I bomb, I don't take it that it doesn't like yeah. wound me. Yeah. Um, because I know I can just do it again yeah. and do better, but there's something about like the anxiety build up to before I yeah. go on stage that is like, it's disturbing to watch Andy. Yeah. Um, I'm not all that talented. I write very good jokes and I've learned over the years how to perform those good jokes, but I don't have a lot of other talent. The only time I've ever, and there's so many comics that they, they play, they sing, they can play the guitar, they can do impressions, they can act out characters, they talk to the crowd. I've never been jealous of, uh, 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 any comics talent except for those guys that are completely relaxed before they go on. How the hell do you do that? that? That's the only, I'm perfectly happy just being able to tell my jokes. I, you know, opening for Dick Gregory was, uh, I mean, there've been a couple of shows over the last year or so where there's a lot of, I just felt a lot, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well. Mm-hmm. You don't want to bomb Mm-mm. open for Dick Gregory. You don't want to bomb in front of anybody. So I was real, uh, real nervous yeah. but the good news is you, at some point not only do the nerves um, uh, uh, subside but you get to the point to where as soon as you hit the stage you're fine you feel good oh yeah you feel good when I get like a good solid laugh yeah that's why it's real important for me uh, in my act I need a laugh immediately I'm not going to just kind of meander and uh-huh. how are you no I need that uh, I need that big laugh right off the bat and then things are Things are fine. And I can almost, like Thursday night, had a good show Wednesday in front of Gregory. Thursday, um, I have this, I, I go up, uh, I go up to, uh, I forget the artist's name, but it's Coco, uh, I'm in love, uh, you know. The, I'm in love with the Coco. Who is yeah. that? I'm in love with the Coco. So no. I go up to that. No, very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that gets, that got such a big laugh. When I did that, and then when the music stops, I go, you're goddamn right. And then I have a couple <laughs> of other lines to go. But it got such a big laugh. I, I, I'm sure if you were paying real close attention, you could just see my whole body. Relax. Relax. Okay, this is going to be fine. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, this is going to be fine. Um, Andy, what about when you, like, you're still, like, you're so good. I think your jokes are so good. I remember the Come and Take It Festival. I was standing in the very back, almost in the hallway, and the whole, like, it was just laughter and packed. Yeah. Ill. What a great room that is yeah. for comedy, you isn't it? killed it in there. Yeah. Um, when you come off there, I bet even more like rock star. We said you feel like a rock star in the 80s, but, like, you must feel like a fucking king when you come off after killing it. Does I, that feel so good? It, it feels so good, and wh- wh- I don't know that I, I would say I feel like a king, but what comedy means to me... Is so important. It's everything to me that when I kill it like that, when I have a good set, it's just like I come off and I go, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. Everything's right with the world. Uh-huh. Everything else could be going to shit, but everything's right with the world. With and the so it's payoff. It, yeah. yeah I, I feel I, I'm, I'm proud. 
uh, and I'm pleased and it's just like you know I haven't wasted my life <laughs> and you know people like what I just did yeah so I don't know if I feel like a king do you have any treats for yourself after you do no good? I wish I did because it takes uh you know I used to drink uh-huh. and that's an interesting uh psychology uh as an alcoholic you just killed it being very articulate and very sharp and very funny so what do you do well let's go after the one thing that's going to make you inarticulate <laughs> not sharp I, I, it's insane you figured i mean it really is insane you figure okay this is why this is why those people were applauding when i left the stage this is why these people want i really ought to sustain that mm-hmm. those talents but fucking drunk well, I mean, yeah, an addiction behavior would be uh, to use it to console yourself after a bad set and use it to celebrate after a good set. That's there's a great, no, there's y- no difference. You no, know? no, there's a great film about alcoholics. Um, um, James Cagney's in it. Um, Come fill the cup. Great film. But there's a recovering. He's a recovering alcoholic. James Gleason, a great character actor from the 30s and 40s. But he says it, it's he says at one point, that's the great thing about being a drunk. There's always a reason to drink. Mm-hmm. You drink because you're happy. You drink because there's always a reason to drink. Mm-hmm. So that's when, uh, you know, you hear an alcoholic whine, well, I'm going through a bad stretch. Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. If, so you, if you're going through a good stretch, you'd still be drunk. Yeah, there's you're always. You're an alcoholic. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but your original question, nah, I, you know, I pace. I got so much energy after a good set that I have to pace. Um, Do you like people to come up to you and tell you a good set? You know what I like? I like just that. I don't want to yeah. talk to anybody. I don't want to visit. Yep. You know what I like? Somebody, we make eye contact as they're leaving. They nod their head, smile. Oh, that's good. That's fine. I don't want to, I don't want to, I like the division of, and this, I like the division of a performer audience. Uh-huh. I, I don't want to mingle afterwards. Some clubs like you to do that. I, I don't want to, uh, here's the thing too. If you talk to somebody after a show, that even if they loved you, if you talk to them long enough, they're going to say something that would just break your heart. Yeah. <laughs> just break oh, your heart. Shit, yeah. yeah, you were the best one on the show. You and the guy that made the fart noises. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You live long enough to see yourself turn into the villain, basically, oh, is yeah. that conversation. Yeah, yeah so you, d- you, don't, you really don't want to talk to talk to people afterwards. Oha and I write a show together called Stock Show. And before a show i cannot speak to people yeah. I, we have too much work to do i'm too nervous i can't do it after a show if it goes well or bad i don't want to talk to you maybe you can say good show but i don't want to hear it whatever yeah. but the only person i want to talk to is you oha afterwards it's the only person that i feel like i can like be safe with i'm lucky that i have that just as yeah. a writer um our treat to each other is you want to hear this um we Do like I? jerk each other off yeah. basically with words if we have a good show we go somewhere <laughs> i'm glad you added the with words, with words. we do not <laughs> physically jerk each other off we because you know there's a chance you weren't going to <laughs> yeah, it's we, true we just like yeah said there's it. a real good chance you weren't going to say with words <laughs> it's to be so clear to the audience that we do not jerk each other off this is when we get our sexy voices on when we have to make sure nobody thinks we're doing it yeah we will sit in front of each other Maybe leave the whole place yeah. and just be like, you're great. No, you're great. No, that was really good. That Stacey. was so good when you said this and we wrote this yeah. and this happened. But when it's a bad show, it's like, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't want to talk right now. I got to go. I do not want to talk about it. I will talk to you later. I think you're really good, Andy, because I've uh, at some point I've seen you after shows and I've said great set. And I think you were really good um, that without any words, your presence is and maybe, you know, I pick up on things, I think, from other people's body language. But your body language was like, this is exactly as much interaction as I want to have and I was like perfect I Mm -hmm. understand and I respect your boundaries great show goodbye well the other factor after a show is almost always particularly say at Rudyard's I'm trying out new stuff so right after a show I'm trying to remember I really ought to record but I don't but go okay did this line work Mm -hmm. how well did that so I'm kind of maybe 20% distracted when people come up to me and and sometimes I fear I look like I'm brushing people off but I, I can't I can't multitask anymore i can't talk to people you're still busy yeah in your head. I, yeah i'm you're going still over working. it yeah. yeah why don't you record i don't know i knew mm-hmm. everybody ought to all you young comics out there record <laughs> that's your advice but you don't do it yeah 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 but i don't do it um no. can i switch gears because we don't have that much time left but i want to hear about this can we talk about sex i would love to yeah. so feel free oh, ladies oh I, no <laughs> oh and i have i mean i think the reason that i asked you on here was because of your long-standing comedy career in Houston I think it's so fucking impressive as somebody who's too scared to do stand-up I'm impressed by you but what also you could give us an insight to is just sex trends what it's been like what you're saying that you've been fucking for all those years in your heyday like casually but have you ever been in love like do you like what's it like fucking a fan what are all these things I want to start like just at the beginning okay my experiences, <laughs> no, my experiences, sex with fans is just not a good idea. No. And, or I'll say it hasn't been, it, 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 you know, the two or three or four that are popping into my head right off the bat, just, <laughs> it's just a bad idea. They're just a bad idea. Cause, Were they crazy? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, and. Chuckle you, fuckers are crazy. Okay, well, okay. They just saw you do stand up comedy. They know you're funny. They don't know anything else about you. Why would you, I mean, I don't know how old fashioned or old school this is, but why would they just that night, uh, I mean, go just because, and, and part of it is, uh, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not sleeping with Mick Jagger, but I get Bill Wyman there or something, you know, it, <laughs> we had that rock star era, uh, aura about us a bit. And so, you know, it's, I don't think that that was a, uh, a, uh, a uh, healthy or a reasonable attitude for women to have to sleep with a comic when they, uh, cause they thought he was funny. But yeah. Or that, that first night. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's funny. I'd like to get to know him better. Mm-hmm. I'll buy him a drink. Maybe I'll get him to buy me a drink. We'll talk and we'll see, but just, you know, so yeah, I, I, they probably all were, if not crazy, just not entirely healthy. Bad idea. Mm-hmm. Bad idea. What about now? Like, do girls still come up to you after shows and like try to pick you up? No, I um, I do not. I can't believe that. That's amazing. No, uh, I'm 66 years old. Women my age, or not just my age, within a generation uh-huh. of my age, uh, and that, you know that's kind of a kind of a problem because I don't. I'm not going to. Most of the women at that come to clubs are 30 years younger than me or 40 years younger than me. Most of the women I know right now that I consider friends that I see on a fairly regular basis are from the comedy scene, and they're all 40 years younger than me. And I'm just, you know, uh, 
Yeah, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, it's one of my fears is coming off as like a creepy old, creepy old man. I mean, mm-hmm. where, and, and I like to flirt with young women, but you really, uh, that, that fine line to where you, you don't want them to think you're serious because you don't want to be creepy. But on the other hand, and y'all tell me if this is true, I think there must be an automatic creep factor that comes along with a 40 year difference that even if you're not even if you're not creepy uh at your core which i hope i'm not the fact that it's for i'm 40 years older than this uh lady it's, it's just going to be automatically uh creepy I don't, I don't know if that's true but that's always been my i don't fear. think that's your true. fear yeah if you if a girl walked up to you that you don't know and just like you're funny like let me suck your dick that could be <laughs> creepy right yeah, yeah that could be creepy yeah but if she's somebody that you say that you it's a woman that you see regularly she's in the comedy scene too that you guys connect yeah i don't think that that would be creepy if you guys truly connected, maybe somebody in her thirties, not her twenties, or something. Yeah. But They're just, um, just nobody, uh, nobody my age. And, and and I'm just, I'm real. And I bet you, every guy, well, except for the creeps, I bet the guys my age who aren't creeps worry about coming off, off as, as creepy. Because creep. you know, there can't be anything creepier than that. Uh, y- y'all tell me. There could yes, if you were like, <laughs> like those titties well, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time and making that, sexy jokes and like be being creepy. inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. But you don't come off creepy at all. Here's what I do, and I was thinking about this the other day. If a woman is dressed in a real sexy way, mm-hmm. I mean, just spectacular, yeah. and say she's 20, 30 years old, I won't use the word sexy to do in my compliment. I'll just tell her she looks real pretty. Yeah, that's or good. Or you look nice. That's I don't good. say, because as soon as, you know, the, 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 you even you that implies that mm-hmm. okay i think you're sexy so i think it's the same thing as like what you were talking about where like women are coming up to you and just because you were funny upstage for an hour mm-hmm. they're like let's bang yeah. i think that's i think in some ways that's inappropriate you know to if you like come up to somebody and do that i mean uh, that's just how i feel personally but i think that there's a certain mm-hmm. amount of i know you feel completely differently yeah. um and it's totally fine i just imagine that if a guy uh, came up to a girl after she just was on stage so for an different. hour and so told her that he wanted to fuck her. It'd just be yeah. a different story, you know? Yeah. But what you're saying in a lot of ways seems to me like um, you're a person who, if engaging somebody who's younger than you and you connect with each other, I don't think that's creepy at all. You're living your life. Yeah. You're actively, like, not throwing sex in the mix. You're just, uh-huh. like, that's just called wooing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. don't you think, I mean, first of all, I think what you said was slut-shaming a little no, bit. No. Like, I, if a girl walks up to Andy and she's like, hey, you're really funny. Like, if she's like, hey, you're really funny, let's fuck. Did that happen? No. Okay. So that that's one thing but he's confused as why they would sleep with you on the first night when they don't really know you yeah um but uh, he's i think it's great that you want to compliment a woman like hey you look nice i think it's kind of like flirting. yes if you're dressed sexy if i'm dressed sexy andy i already know that yeah just tell me i look good or something or compliment something else yeah but if i'm dressed like down a little bit yeah. and just like casual and you're like you look really sexy yeah. then i'm like whoa you yeah. know like i feel what? sexier yeah. yeah that's a good that's a fine way to compliment yeah. a person yeah. i don't think it's creepy i think it's only creepy if you lick your lips while you do it or i'm, I'm about licking your my lips right now but not out of because they're dry yeah so. you know who uh and sometimes i think maybe they're flirting and i'm not real sure and i get 
Let's say their names. No, no, no. <laughs> Wives and girlfriends that are there with their. Oh, for sure. I mean, because I think they. Keep it spicy. Yeah. Well, I think they know nothing's going to happen so they can bat their eyelashes a little bit and we can smile at each That's other. Interesting. And they know that I'm a safe flirt. And so I get that a lot. I have had so many. A, a safe too. flirt. Yeah. We're safe flirts. We get that too. a lot too yeah. because we're fat. Mm-hmm. We get like we've ha- boyfriends of friends, husbands of friends that flirt, and it's because it's safe. Yeah. Like we're not a threat. I does that? I wonder if that would happen to you. Like, I wonder if people don't think that they're gonna fuck a guy in their sixties, so they're f- safe to like yeah. do whatever they want in front of you. Yeah. That might be it. I have had huh. so many men tell me that their wives or their girlfriends thinks I'm the greatest, greatest comic they've ever seen. They, mm. or, or, That's awesome. Or, you know, so cute. <laughs> and he's like, great. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> you know, well, it's kind of that patronizing yeah, pat on that. the top but of the head. But I don't see you as unsexual. Like, I don't think it's fair that, like, to just turn that off of yourself. Yeah, yeah well, I probably should. Uh, I can see we got a disaster in the making here. <laughs> <laughs> I see a bad, uh, I see a bad judgment call on my part uh, tomorrow night at Rudyard. Um, oh, I'm oh. gonna be there. But I'm gonna be there. Oh. Just, Everyone's invited. I'm just gonna get up. There's gonna be a moment, and I'm just gonna thank, th- and then I'm just gonna panic and say something just spectacularly wrong. Um, well, I but also yeah, think it, it's a problem because I, you know, I, I'm, the, the sexual desire is, hasn't slackened at all, and still enjoy it, and but they're just not. Uh, and I've never been, with all that, I've never been real, even in my, uh, when I was drinking, I guess, so. But never been real aggressive that mm. way. Typical so, stand-up guy, by the way. Yeah. Um, so, and now this, if you're not, if you're a little tentative with women to begin with, and you throw in a 30-year age difference, you throw in a 40-year age yeah, difference. Yeah, I, th- I, I totally, well, what, what I was saying earlier is there's this sense of like, um, it, there's a line to see of like you don't know when other people are going to perceive you as creepy so you tend to like stay inside and make sure that nobody yeah. thinks that of you oh I, I just i'd be humiliated if i thought yeah. and i have said some things and in the past geez i hope that didn't i don't think it was creepy but you know you then you start and once it gets in your mind then you it just uh-huh. you, you, you work it to death that's why i think smart is sexier than like sexy is like oh smart great just flirt Funny, yeah. with something sexual okay but if you're like smart about it yeah that's like sexy without oh, yeah. creepy there's no ounce of creepy yeah when you come at it with your brain instead of your dick yeah but if you just lead with your dick then you're just gonna be creepy yeah does that make sense yeah. and yeah. you are leading i think if you leading with your dick can mean a lot of different things like you can decide to go for like a girl that's 30 years younger that's yeah. uh that's you know that you think you want to have sex with but I don't see you doing that. I see you like deciding that you like somebody and then just, you know, talking to them until you can figure out whether or not they like well, you back. To get from sex to romance or love, you just mm-hmm. kind of touch. I have never fallen in love at first sight oh. or even second or third. Uh, the people, the ladies I have fallen in love with are ladies that I have been around a lot over a period mm-hmm. of time and it just kind of blossomed blossomed yeah mm-hmm. every time every time wait have you been in like a full-on relationship of love um no no me either. no no yeah me neither yeah Mm-mm. um I, yeah i've never been in love with somebody i'm in a relationship with yeah no 
So like true, you know, like real love. I don't know. It had been a couple times where I tried to talk myself into it. Oh, and thing, me but too. That, yeah, but that, you know, didn't happen. So, mm. and the other day, I was wondering, and about four or five times, if I've ever actually been in love. Yeah. I, I'm thinking, Jesus. You start to question it the yeah, longer it's been away. Yeah, age 66, I need to really get on the stick here. I'm running out of time. <laughs> I need to fall in love. I need that perfect uh relationship that mm. going both ways uh here soon why don't you get on tinder <sighs> or our time no nah, match now nah, y'all are y'all are talking crazy talk now no, i don't even you know you could totally do that no, 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 no. we'll I set up totally your profile yeah. we're gonna do it uh, yeah okay um give us your phone yeah uh let's see oh yeah so it's 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 i've lo- and i and i look back to say on this lady i thought i was in love and i think but was I really in love with her or was I just lonely at the time? And she was, the, I think this is what I've done on a couple of occasions is that I've just wanted a relationship. All right, who's the mm-hmm. nicest lady mm-hmm. I know at the moment? Well, you know what? I think I'm in love with her. I think yeah. I've done that yeah. a couple of times. And they were sweet ladies. Uh, you know, great, great to be in love with. But I think that's how it, it happens is I just uh, decided, well, okay, who is it? You're the nicest person I know. Did a woman ever, because you're not really aggressive, did a woman ever just kind of take you under her wing and be like, you're my boyfriend now? We're in a not relationship. Not that. I've had not quite. a couple of uh, ladies that did the chasing. And, and, uh-huh. But uh, the last one was, uh, yeah, she's drunk all the time. So, oh, you know, that's I, not fun. Uh, <laughs> you know, Lori, that I speak of in my act? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's her. That's the person yeah, that you're yeah. talking about? There was a lady, Ooh. yeah, that was a... It, it was a mess of a relationship, but she was just uh, so aggressive and so pretty um, and just very, gra- well, okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, she's and she was much younger than I. How long ago was this? When was your, was this the, the last person that you were in a relationship with? Yeah, even if you call that a relationship, but that was the last one. That was um, 2011, mm-hmm. 2010, something like that. Okay. Andy, 2010. What, what was your longest relationship ever? I don't know that I've ever hit a year. No, no, we had to hit, uh, Jean Marie and I must have hit longer than a year. What do you think makes other people capable of like staying in really long term relationships that because us I don't three understand do not it. have? We don't, I don't have that. Like, because yeah. that's what's most important to me. That's yeah. what that, that's, you, you know, you, I think you, you work hard at and you're focused on what you want. I, that's why, Geez, I could show you some uh, enormous roadblocks that were in my path as a stand-up. Mm-hmm. Why are you still doing it at age 66, living from paycheck to paycheck? Are you crazy? Because it's the most important thing. That it's what I want to do. Yeah. So I guess if you want to be in a re- – and God knows why somebody would want to – and I don't mean that in an disparaging way, but, you know, if that's most important to you is a, a relationship, mm-hmm. a family – then you make you, you do whatever it uh, takes, and that I'm is, guessing, yeah. I'm I've guessing with, it that way. yeah, guessing with both of y'all, it's not the thing. Definitely it has not. to be the thing. Nope, it is not the most important thing in my it life. It has to be at the all. thing. It can't not, be. Not even a little bit. Yeah. I'm in a relationship. It's been a month. I feel like that's a year. I'm like, I have like liked the same person for a month, more than that, really. Like that feels forever. Plus, finding time for that person is very hard. We spend very little quality time together. I have like so many other priorities. How do people make it like 10 years? It would be, Ugh. it would, it, it will take at this point a, a, a 
a real a, a woman that it's just going to have to make a lot because I got too much. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I, I got too much going on that I'm not going to sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, for a relationship. And, and that you shouldn't because it's so fulfilling for you. Yeah, if you yeah, decided that, to change not gonna, gears yeah, yeah. in yeah. order to have this other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. Yeah, so. it would suffer. I I have this like uh, sense in my mind where like uh, I think when you grow up, people are like, well, the one is the, the one person you're just going to end up with that's going to be there forever. And I think that for a lot of people, it's just like who they're with when they die. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, uh, well, n- that person and I were together and then we died and then that was the one that was for me. But in reality, I think people have all sorts of relationships <laughs> that are valuable in different ways. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I wonder exactly. I think the priority First of is. All, I like that when they die, because, yeah, if they die, then I guess that was the one, because there's not going to be another one. <laughs> there's, that was the last okay. one they had. I, yeah, they died together, and that and made them yeah, soulmates. That made them soulmates. No. Just the death part of it all. Um. Okay. Well, any regrets, Andy? Regret? Uh-huh. Yeah, I could feel, uh, I could feel a, really? a, a, a book this thick with uh-huh. regrets. But really? the one thing, the one thing that I needed to get right, I got right. And cool. That, well, two things, I suppose. Uh, quitting drinking uh-huh. and doing stand-up. A lot. I, I mean, I, I'm serious. I, I, Ooh, roommates yeah. walking in. <laughs> um, a lot of things I regret uh-huh. personally and professionally, but yeah. the, the, the most important thing I got right. That's good. Yeah. Most um, we have to wrap up. Oha. Um, but we should. Hi. My roommate just walked in, everybody. Hey, Vanessa. <laughs> um okay so andy thank you so much for being well, thank here y'all. this was fun this was in, yeah? uh, interesting and fun where can people find you i will be at rudyard's on monday uh-huh. i will be at the improv and maybe boondocks on tuesday some open mics open mics uh, joke joint on wednesday and uh i'm at beta theater the end of the month in okay. San Antonio the end of the month and hopefully there'll be a few other gigs it seems to me no I think that's it what about online R- R- Rudyard's every Monday improv every Tuesday are you online I'm online Andy Huggins comedy Andy Huggins comedian comedian okay get it right and Facebook Facebook yeah, that's how I know you yeah Facebook um okay so we want to thank Beta Theater obviously for doing this thanks Alex thanks um, Alex Thank you, Oha. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Andy. Okay, so we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.